everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. We are really excited to be here to be talking about Netflix and other streaming services for 2020. Today, we thought we'd do a fun little bonus podcast. And there's nobody that I'd rather have here talking about this with than my friend Austin Burke. And Austin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I watched a lot of TV this year, Rachel. So <laughs> I decided to talk about the best. I mean, you know, not the best year for movies. But we got some great television shows, some ones I'm excited for, and uh, I, I couldn't thank you enough more for having me on today. Oh. I'm excited. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, it, it's interesting because I'm not somebody who typically watches a lot of series because I just don't have time since I'm watching so many movies, especially TV movies. Uh, but because I had even more time this year, I had more time to watch some series. So that's been a good yeah. thing. <laughs> it's a lot of people i mean you know circumstantially you know maybe not the best for some but we've gotten so much good content this year and so many things that we just don't have time to watch and catch up on and and numerous that you're going to talk about i'm sure um that i want to catch up on in preparation for the next season of the show so uh, that's definitely not you know something you're going to write home about well you know we've got years and years of content but I'm excited to check out all of these shows that you're going to talk about, Rachel, mm-hmm. and the ones that I watched, I just hold so close to me. So uh, it's, it was a yeah. great year for TV. Yeah. So and we had, uh, what was it? Three shows that we cover, you and I covered yes. together on the podcast. And then I had an additional show that I covered with Jennifer Chandler, my friend, uh, that was on uh, Disney Plus was High School Musical, the musical, the series, season one. <laughs> Yes. How was that? The because most I started watching it. I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but so it's a great, it's, it, it's a good show. It really is a okay. good show. And, okay. and the, the casting I think is what makes it excel and truly excel. And I, you know, I just finished watching Julie and the Phantoms season one oh. and I enjoyed that. But I, I think that the, the difference between High School Musical, the musical, the series, <laughs> and Julie and the Phantoms is that it's more Broadway, the yes. style of singing. Mm-hmm. And that's more my jam than like pop music yes. with Julie and the Phantoms. So a lot of it just depends on your kind of style of music that you like. But both shows, I think, did a very good job of casting teenagers that actually look like teenagers and maybe they're mm-hmm. like 18 19 whatever but they look like teenagers so as opposed to so many other shows like glee for goodness sakes where they look <laughs> like they're all 35 <laughs> like what are you doing uh, and so i think that was the strength did you watch julie and the phantoms i did i i enjoyed it. i didn't love it i wouldn't use the word love but it's Mm -hmm. one of those that i just had such a good time with and that one musical number i'm still jamming out to Mm -hmm. uh i just i I thought the music in that show was incredible yeah it was really fun like i said i I performed the more broadway style Mm -hmm. but i still enjoyed enjoyed the music and julian phantoms yeah Yeah, especially that big assembly song i forget the name so good but it's a good, it's a real, that's a good, good song. And it, there's an underlying emotion to the mm-hmm. whole show, which I think makes it work that, uh, cause of her dealing with the loss of her mom and then all she has these ghosts. And so it makes sense. And so that was really good. And, uh, and then yeah, high school musical show it, 
uh, the when they're dealing with the teens i think it's really quite good and the songs are good when they start some of the adults plot lines and eh, hmm. not as good okay not okay. as good but and and some of the conflict i was like mm, is it really that big a deal that he has your phone like what is the problem <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay it's just me being 40 and i yeah. you know there's teenagers <laughs> here what do i know um and uh, so, yes, and then another teenager show that we both cover together is The Babysitter's Club. And how great was this show? Oh, I mean, and I always say, Rachel, I'm like, you know, and I don't love when the coming of age, the cliches, yeah. all this stuff. But the more of these shows that I watch, like Dash and Lily and Babysitter's Club, and and I'm sure we'll talk about more, the more I'm on board. And I think you said it uh, the last time we talked how do you not like this show? Yeah. I mean, it's just great. I, I think it's great coming of age, um, perfect casting. Yeah. The kids are phenomenal. And the chemistry between everyone just works so well. Maybe one storyline that I didn't love as much compared to the others, but overall, The Babysitter's Club, if I could recommend one family show on Netflix, that might be the one that I recommend. Yeah, I think so. If you are a human who grew up then you'll like this show. This is such an authentic show. It has so many authentic moments that people will be able to relate to. And I keep telling that to my friends and they're like, I don't know. And then they watch it and they're like, yeah, that was really good. There's almost this sense sense of nostalgia. I didn't even read the books. I'm not familiar as much as a lot of others are. But I have this sense of nostalgia while watching just because it feels like something I would have loved growing up with. Um, So, yeah, I would encourage all ages to watch the show. Every age group, I I think it's that good. One of my favorite shows that I saw this year, not on Netflix, it's on HBO Max, was McMillions. Did you get a chance to see McMillions? No, no, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. McMillions was so great. It's about the this uh scam to rip off okay. the mcdonald's monopoly and uh, before nine it was like in 2000 oh, ni- like 1998 to 2000 and the great thing about this show first of all they have doug matthews investigator extraordinaire who is <laughs> hilarious and is born for television needs okay. his own show he shows up <laughs> in one of these meetings wearing like a, Mc- a like gold mcdonald's suit and he's like i want one of those Oh, good. He was awesome. And uh, it is just the most crazy group of people that you've ever seen. And okay. what I really liked is that in this case, no, there's nobody's really hurt by this scam, right? Like McDonald's was okay. giving the money away anyway. And, uh, and so they just have been able to kind of swindle away to get the money, but it nobody's hurt by this scam so you can enjoy it and not feel guilty because a lot of these ponzi scheme stories you're like i feel horrible these people had their (laughs) lives ruined (laughs) i mean nobody's hurt by this scheme i mean i don't even (laughs) think these people should really be in jail because like i mean what why uh and so i i just thought it was so entertaining and the 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 group of people that they have like i said that get involved there's like mafia that gets involved and then there's like this this <laughs> they, they say the mafia mormons and <laughs> oh my god yeah like there's this the whole, mcmafia is that yeah. what <laughs> mcmillions you gotta see it it's so good <laughs> 
but I don't know if you had any kind of documentaries that you liked particularly this year. Oh, this documentary series. Oh man, I watched a lot of docuseries. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, can we talk about Tiger King? Is it too cliche <laughs> at this point? Because I was, I was mesmerized by Tiger yeah. King. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And and the memes that have spawned from yeah. this docuseries. But he if had you're an asking album. me, he had a country music album. <laughs> the music videos are, are incredible. But if you ask me, Austin, what's the one docuseries you're going to come back to from 2020? And I'm not going to say it's the best because I don't think it was, but it's probably Tiger King yeah. just because it's yeah. fascinating to yeah. watch. So entertaining too. those characters, people, those people ridiculous but you know it's tiger king that's how it goes (laughs) yeah so we had two series that were uh kind of your homespun series i'll call them that Mm. were both on netflix we had virgin river season two and then we had sweet magnolias and you didn't get finished season two of virgin river but you watched season one so what was your what was your thoughts I, I enjoyed it. And I watched season one. I, I saw your review and I wanted to get caught up for season two. Unfortunately, I just ran out of time to cover season two, but I liked it. And I love what you said is that and Sweet Magnolias, they have very similar vibes. You've got the camaraderie of the town. You've got the, the craziness, you know, the, the drug subplot storyline for Virgin River, but it was a good time. And I ended up really digging the characters. And then you have Sweet Magnolias, which is, you know, beautiful relationships, beautiful casting, but you also had these love stories and and Bill, the character that I still don't like to this day. Um, just a lot of a lot of nice storylines to invest in. So I think both of those shows were standouts. And I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna watch Virgin River season two if that's something you would recommend to me? Yes. So I would okay. recommend it. I did enjoy it. I think that that they had a little bit better chemistry. There are Mel and Jack uh, leads. It had a little bit better chemistry this season than the first season, uh, for me at least. And there was enough sort of storylines, the doctor and, and mm. his wife and, uh, and Preacher and his storyline, some of these different storylines that worked for me. I, at the end of the first season, I said in that, in my review, I said, I didn't really like the drug cartel plot line and I wish they forget about that, but they didn't forget about it. <laughs> oh no, that's not a good sign, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of like, uh, but, uh, but also there's also this teenager romance plot line that, I mean, I've been pretty mm. positive about teenage plot lines so far. Mm. But that one was not my favorite, the teenage plot line uh, in Virgin River season two, but still definitely worth watching. Still a really a good show. If you like shows like Heart of Dixie, Men in Trees, shows like that, then you'll love Virgin River. And uh, and I, I do think it was maybe like hurt just a teeny tiny bit by the fact that Sweet Magnolia is a very similar to feel of show, but I do think it's better and uh, I, it just has so many great characters and it does including the teenagers in sweet magnolias yeah. which are so well done and given like real media storylines which i wasn't expecting and i mean just heather Healy, brooke elliott joanna garcia incredible and that's part of 
to me, that's part of why Sweet Magnolias works so well is because, yes, you have the com- camaraderie between the leads, the adults, right? Mm-hmm. But then you look at the kids' storylines, which is usually the weakest aspect of a show like that. But I actually felt really good about how that plot prog- progressed and, and the different characters that we were introduced to and uh, where he goes with baseball. And I just really liked that. So mm-hmm. I think the show as a whole does a good job of balancing. And then, of course, you get those sweet moments at the end and you're just all on board at that point. So I'm excited for more Sweet Magnolias and mm-hmm. I'm excited to catch up on Virgin River as well. Yeah. Then we also had, based on books, we had uh, Dash and Lily oh, uh, in yes. December, which was the cutest thing to ever exist. It was. <laughs> it was so good. There. It was so good. <laughs> and yeah, they just, they did such a good job with casting. I mean, so much, especially in, especially in a romantic comedy show, so much of it lives and dies on casting. Yes. I mean, I will repeat myself for the 100th time you have characters displaying chemistry on this level and they're not even on screen until five episodes in i mean how do you accomplish that and to give us a show that i think will resonate years and years to come during christmas right because you know i go back i watch movies like elf and home alone but now sweet magnolias or sweet magnolias uh dash and lily it's kind of one of those shows for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I might revisit this because it puts me in that Christmas spirit. So if yeah. you guys like shows like that of that genre, but very well written with great chemistry, uh, this is a huge recommendation mm-hmm. for me. I love well, it. And it was such a great show for being kind of, if you're kind of depressed in quarantine, you need mm-hmm. something to lift you up. Dash and Lily's perfect show for that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with that completely. Yeah it's, yeah, it's one of the most positive, just like, you know, we're going to have rough patches, but we can, I just loved it. I love yeah. the way it progressed. So then we had Bridgerton season one based on the Julia Quinn novels. Yes. And what was so great about this show, in my opinion, is that I felt like it was, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of erotica done right for women uh, that really captured the way that kind of women enjoy a, a lot of women at least enjoy kind of uh romance and romance novels when you're reading a romance novel and you get super super excited and, and the way that it's just even the way that things were shot they talk about the female gaze but i think i've never seen a better example of it than in this show and i the way it would just kind of linger on <laughs> things and you'd be like oh it's so good and uh it was a very dishy dishy show i really enjoyed it i i liked even sort of the the slight hint of kind of escapism fantasy and it's not a fantasy show but it is completely not even trying to be realistic and so that that just kind of adds to the escapism i think of what you have in just the costumes and the styles and the the fact that they have uh like blind racist racially blind casting all that adds to the escapism i think of it well and i had some that said you know austin it's it's not historically accurate but if you go back to the writer i mean it was said this is not a show this is a fantastical uh, fantasy show that i think did a wonderful job of sucking you into that world and the telling tale of how this show resonates with people is you know I'm a movie critic. I like to review movies and TV shows. 
my wife comes home and she says to me, Austin, I, I really want to watch this Bridgerton show. My, my friend Michelle at work recommended it to me. And I'm sitting here saying, I have recommended this to you a thousand times <laughs> because I had just watched it. I was like, watch yeah. Bridgerton, watch Bridgerton. But it takes a, conv- a conversation at work uh, between all of her friends talking up this show. It motivated her. So this is not only like, it overtook Cobra Kai as the number one show on Netflix. This is a show that is finding a huge audience. Women, yes, I loved it. Yeah. I love the show. So I yeah. think this is a huge hit for Netflix and I can't wait to see where it goes next. Now, Rachel, we've talked about this before. The future of Bridgerton is not what I expected. If you want to kind of, well, go if they're going by they're the going books, now. we don't okay. know. So the books, each book is a different member of the Bridgerton family story. I haven't read the books yet. This is what I've been told. And okay. I've been told that the second book is about Anthony and he was a bit of a snooze to me. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous <laughs> about guess. that. I'm with you. Because I didn't really care about him and the opera singer. That didn't really interest me that much. (laughs) So we'll see. But in fact, I could have had all three brothers just compacted into one brother. Yeah, there there were that whole, his family in general, I felt needed a bit more, right? Uh But if you're saying they're going to explore that next season, maybe this is our opportunity, hopefully, to build that up. So. We'll see. Well, and I I feel like we are going to get quite a bit of Penelope in the second season. I, so. I mean, especially yeah. with our ending for her character. Yeah. I think we're we're gonna see quite a bit of her. And but she's not a Bridgerton. Yeah. Um, so sure. she's a Featherington. <laughs> and I just I said in my review, I said, this isn't about realism or historical accuracy. It doesn't waste time explaining casting choices or the setting. It might as well be on another planet and timetable. It's about eroticism, lust, and luxury, which all has to be hid under the rules of the time time period. That's Mm. very sexy and fun. I couldn't agree more because we've seen that uh, lust and sexy. Like a movie like 365 Days, which was Mm -hmm. just the worst thing. (laughs) <laughs> the second worst thing I saw last year, yeah. but I, I I've seen it done well. And I think this show is a great example of how you can do that. Give us compelling characters and give us a well-written show. And I thought it encompassed all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So taking a hard left, we also had some, uh, I guess you might say dystopian type of shows. Ooh. One literally called utopia. This was on yeah. Amazon prime. And yeah. when I first responded to this you know this the screener invite i thought mm-hmm. it was a movie i didn't realize it was a show and so then i'm like oh no what did i sign you're, up for you're there for forever then oh, oh man, man. <laughs> this this was not for me i it okay. was so violent like it was it just was. gratuitously violent i thought and i didn't feel like it really had that much interesting to say and it, it might have been that it was just too close to home, too close with what we're dealing with, that maybe that's why it just, it didn't work very well for me. But I don't know. What did you think about Utopia? I, I actually kind of liked this show. I, mm-hmm. I liked the fact that I didn't see essentially anything coming, right? I, I love how it kind of left true. me on my toes at the end of every episode and to say something. Now, I think the characters could have been bit more compelling one in particular and a couple of subplots in there that I, I could have even done without maybe but overall I, I enjoyed it but I, I think this one got canceled 
right? I, I think this one got. Uh, I, I didn't hear if it officially got canceled, but I would be surprised if we got a season yeah. two. Yeah, I, I think this is one that they either opted not to pick up or there were rumors that they're not picking it up. But um, there's actually a faithful fan base because this is a remake of, of I believe, a show, not a movie. Um, and they were not happy that it was remade. So I guess I need to go watch the original Utopia is what everybody told me. So I'm, I'm definitely interested. But yeah. the fans that watched it and didn't hold that remake, they, they enjoyed it. I just don't think it was enough to get it past that point to a season two Mm -hmm. yeah and you got to see the the new season of dark that was your i believe top choice of all that you saw on netflix so why don't you tell us a little bit about that no that's my number one and i kind of feel that way about every season this is the third and final season of a wild sci-fi time travel show Uh, it's a german uh, a german show so i recommend going the subtitle route and by doing that you have to pay a lot of attention but you also have to pay pay attention to the show because we're dealing with various versions of different characters in different time periods time travel and this wild sci-fi story that Honestly, I, I've never seen anything like before. Dark is so different and fresh, and it has this look and tone to it that just makes you feel, uh, you know, almost like you're there with them. So I, I love how it engrossed you and sucked you in. And I just thought season three capped everything off so well and gave each and every character a, a, a sense of finality and. I can't really say that about a lot of shows. Most shows either end on a eh note or they go downhill. Dark actually gave me, I think, its best season yet with season three. So mm-hmm. I, I would recommend this beyond anything. If you have the time, if you have the patience. And Rachel, another thing is I have actually heard because this all deals with so much time travel, you can watch the episodes of season one in different orders, mm-hmm. which is wild. So I've not done that yeah. yet, but that's what I've heard. Well, I definitely have to watch that show. Uh, that sounds really good. I mean, speaking of shows in other languages, one of the fun things that I got to do this year is watch my first K-drama. The Romance is a bonus book. And this was with my friend, uh, Sui from K-Pop Converters, her YouTube nice. channel. And we did a special episode on, uh, on the Hallmarks podcast for September when it's kind of a lighter month. Uh, and so we talked about K-dramas and this show, Romance is a Bonus Book. And it was really fun. And it was just fun to get uh, to experience another culture and yeah. their type of storytelling. It was, it was, it was a big ask, I guess, to watch. It was a, it was a big task because the, the episodes are very long. Uh, they're like 65 minutes each one. And they, uh, they, you can't do anything else. You have to be fully focused, which is probably yeah. for the best, but, uh, but you know, normally I'm kind of multitasking a little bit, but you can't cause it's all in Korean. You got to read yep. the subtitles. And so that was an interesting experience, but it, I'm excited to even dive in further. The, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about crash landing on you, some of these other shows. Uh, so it's just cool that we have access to, a whole different world of of uh, of content. Oh, it is, and it and it gave me. You know, I've had some people tell me, Austin. You know, why not? Why don't you focus in more on you know and not expand, do all these different genres? And but I'll tell you what, 
some of these shows are some of the best shows that I've ever watched. A show yeah. like Kingdom, which ended up being a Korean zombie show, my second favorite Netflix show of last year. And then you have these big surprises like Alice in Borderland. Mm-hmm. Um, a wild, you mentioned K-pop, this is a Korean show as well, but a wild, uh, we'll say, Hunger Games meets Escape Room style show where you dive into this brand new world and everyone's competing and going through these mazes. It was just fascinating. So the fact that we get these things from Netflix and Dark, it's a German show. So we don't, (laughs) 10 years ago, I couldn't have imagined such a wide range of content. And now we have that and we have access to that. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And it continues to give me some of my favorite things. And I love it. I think so too. I think so too. Well, we also had some pretty good entries from the world of Star Wars over Disney Plus. We had Clone Wars season seven, which was exciting, especially the very end of it. Uh, And then we we had the Mandalorian season two. And uh, I overall enjoyed the season of The Mandalorian. I thought it was Mm -hmm. good. I thought they had some strange character design. I did not like that frog lady. I thought that was very weird. And (laughs) and then there was that one guy who kind of looked like a fish. I was like, what is that? (laughs) This is so weird. Because Star Wars, to me, the aliens are always off planet they're not mutated versions of our own creatures right like you don't see elephant people and stuff like that so i thought it was very odd uh and so the those kind of middle episodes weren't that great but i thought i totally dug the ending did you like the ending not so spoil it but did you think it was fun i oh my gosh right (laughs) and i hate i i feel like i'm blinded i won't say why i feel like i'm blinded by nostalgia when i talk about that ending but a a part of me says it's okay to be happy with that level of of what people call fan service because fan service doesn't necessarily mean it's bad right Right. there can be good fan service like avengers endgame there could be bad fan service like in my opinion, Rise of Skywalker. So mm-hmm. there's a fine line that you have to walk. And I just thought that ending, that finale did such a good job and, and, and bringing in various characters from across the universe throughout the season. I just, I geeked out during the Mandalorian during that season. I, I loved it as a whole. Yeah, it was just, it was fun. And it was like that in the, I thought the Lego Star Wars special, holiday oh, special really were like the most yeah. sort of joyous that we've been able to I, have. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that it's been fun. And uh, so we've also had some reality shows uh, that have been fun on streaming. Uh, We had The Circle. I don't know if you ever got to watch any of that on Netflix, Uh, but pretty fun show. And it it was kind of a, there was a certain degree of almost escapism with it, with all of us end up going into quarantine and it's a show kind of about forced quarantine is kind of a, a more creative take on big brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a fun show. And then also I got into the great British bake show this season. I finally dive in. It's only taken me nine seasons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it looks, is it as good as, as people say, because I have heard it is a phenomenal show on Netflix. It's so good. And the okay. thing I think that makes it really good is that they allow them to take their time 
that there, I mean, there is a time limit, but they give them way more time, which I, yeah. than the most of these food network shows. And whereas like on chop, they have 20 minutes during an appetizer. And I think it makes more sense to give more time because then you're getting more interesting stuff. And uh, so I like that. And I, I learned that a biscuit is a cookie in, in England. I didn't know that. <laughs> makes me really hungry. That's, yeah. that's part of the problem why I can't, because we, we watched Hell's Kitchen this year and it was my first <laughs> time ever. I just get so hungry. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I can't too. cook that well, but yeah. I'm still mesmerized by the, by the fact that they're able to do that. Another show, Rachel, that I watched, did you watch Too Hot to Handle? No, oh, I heard about it. But oh yeah, boy. it's bad I have the Crumble app on my phone. <laughs> I haven't watched <laughs> Like, mm, I could order cookies right now and they'd be hot oh, and sent right to my oh, door. I, I need to get that. I've, I've heard good things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No. See, now I'm getting hungry. I'm sitting over here hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I loved I loved that. It was a lot of fun. And then also Survivor 40, Winners at War. This was mm. on CBS. Okay. They do have Survivor on Netflix, but not, I don't think this season yet, but it was so good. All winners, 40 seasons, Dang. well, not all 40, but, but they had uh, all winners. It was so good. Tony That's blew crazy. my mind and uh, as well as many of the other contestants and uh, it was just really fun. Yeah. So uh, that, that was good. And one of the cool things is that, that a lot of these shows are, are involving podcasting more and more. And of course, that's my first love. That's my, my mm-hmm. favorite. And like McMillions for every single episode of the show, there, there is a podcast with the creators doing further interviews and talking about behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. It's really great podcast. And, and then they also had uh, with Survivor 40, they have Rob has a podcast, which it was how I even first started into podcasting. And uh, oh. Rob says, Okay. Nino, such a great host and uh, they cover all the survivor know-it-alls covered we covered every episode and so when you can get the, cool. kind of that added second uh sort of pleasure out of the show okay. not only from watching but then and all almost all these shows have a podcast associated when there's already like three Richardson podcasts and there's you know all this kind of stuff it's really good and uh, so there were some really good animated shows on the streamers this season. Uh, I I think that my favorites were the Looney Tunes cartoons on HBO Max was brilliant. I thought they were incredibly well done. And I was nervous because the, the previous show was called the Looney Tunes show and it was garbage. I hated it. And the idea was it was supposed to be like Seinfeld, but with the Looney yeah. Tunes and it was really bad. I did not like it at all. And then this was so good. I just felt like it was a return to form in the music, especially anything to do with like sound editing was so like classic. Mm. I loved it. I and and just, I don't know, I just loved every almost every single one of them I thought was just brilliant with the animation, with the style, with the feel, was so good. And that was my favorite thing on HBO Max all, all season. Yeah, that was one that I didn't even have a chance to review. I, I saw, I don't even think I saw all of the episodes, but I saw most of them. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness. So what, good, what right? Last, just as a fan of the original Looney Tunes growing up and to reinvent it for a new generation, but not change it drastically like yeah. they have with some of the others, I just thought was great. So yeah, what a fun, fun show on HBO Max. Yeah. And some people complain about 
them substituting Elmer Fudd's gun, but it worked for the storyline. It was fine. Like those kinds of, it was ridiculous. I think they actually, you said the storyline, I think they actually kind of almost explained that in a way, which I was like, all right, okay, let's go. So Mm -hmm. it was really good and I can't wait to see more. My favorite one is there's an episode where Daffy gets uh, steps in a, a bit of gum on the ground. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. And the, the gum yeah, yeah, so gets good. bigger and expands. And, and that was like classic. It's classic Looney Tunes. It was so I good. Um, and then the other one that I loved is, of course, Hilda, season two. I gotta, I gotta see you, Rachel. It's <laughs> so it. good. I've been trying to get Austin to see it for a long time. And Hilda is about, is a series about, it's based on graphic novels, a line of graphic novels, like Luke Luke Pearson. And it's about a little girl that her mother is moving her from the country uh, to the city of Trollberg. And uh, she doesn't really want to move because she loves exploring in the country. And uh, this is a world where there's all kinds of fantastical creatures. There's trolls, there's giants, there's twig men, there's uh elves there's all these different creatures and yeah. when she's in season two when she moves into trollberg uh there's a a safety patrol officer named, named officer alberg and at first she thinks that he's gonna be doing a good thing that he's gonna be protecting the trolls protecting the people and he and he claims that and and yet you start to realize real quick and hilda starts to realize that uh that he's no good <laughs> and that he's okay. all up for anything okay. that'll uh that'll make himself look good and uh so he, that was an interesting dynamic then she has two friends named frida and david who are so cute and and really fun and then also her relationship with her mom is really well done because her mom mm-hmm. uh you know wants to wants her daughter to to go and experience all these things but then she also is like no don't hurt my daughter like i want her to be safe and she's out you know with trolls and stuff like that and <laughs> so it's such a good show the animation is absolutely beautiful the music is great and i i absolutely just love it i think it's she is so cute I, and so positive so if you if you're in a bad mood watch hilda yeah well it reminds me so much of my two favorite animated shows on netflix this year were um, Bojack Horseman, the final season, mm-hmm. which was one of the best final seasons of any show I've seen in a long time. But that's more of an adult show. One for a younger demographic show that I love was Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. We mm-hmm. got all three seasons this year or last year, 2020. And it's a DreamWorks show. Uh, it's about a, a young girl who gets separated from her people, goes above ground where everything's mutated and you have all these different creatures and has to reunite with her family. And along the way, she goes on adventures. And I thought the animation was beautiful. And the show focuses on music. And in every episode, there's a different song, whether they're singing or playing these uh, crazy instruments. And I'll tell you what, it packs that DreamWorks punch Almost like a How to Train Your Dragon. It's just this grand adventure with beautiful characters, beautiful relationships. It's very progressive for a kid's show. I just, I really love the way that it turned out. And and Rachel, um, I'm definitely going to get on Hilda, but this this kind of feels like the kind of show yeah. that you would really gravitate towards. So I, I'd say this is a huge recommendation for me. Yeah, I definitely am going to watch this because uh, I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of it until you told me about it because yeah. I thought they only did like the spinoff shows. 
mm-hmm. on of DreamWorks, yeah. and those Boss are baby, not for all me. That stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm not into nope. the the home show or whatever that looked nope. terrible or nope. Boss Baby. Yeah, same. <laughs> no, thank you. Same here. <laughs> but that sounds great. And yeah, so let's see if there's anything else. Uh, one other show that is just so good that's worth finding, hunting down, is called The Chosen. If you are, if you're Christian, if you uh, like high quality content and you're Christian, like the chosen is a great show. It's about the yes. life of Jesus, but it's so authentic in it. It's, it feels like this is a real person that we're watching playing with kids and, and joking around. And, and it's not sacrilegious by any means, but just like they make flesh him out to be yeah. a real person. And I, I think they did such a good job, especially in a genre that I th- I feel like is so starved for quality yeah. that you don't typically get very, very good quality no. in the faith-based realm. And so to have this show that's so well-made, so well-acted, uh, no. and, and you can download the Chosen app and then watch it on there. And what they do is they basically like ask for a contribution if you think it's good and you like it, then they ask you to donate. Um, which I was more than happy to once I finished because I thought it was really well done, but that's totally optional. You can still watch it if you, if you want. And uh, so, yeah, and they, even I saw that my local theater, they're doing a theatrical version of, they have a theatrical cut of the chosen season one, because they're going to be doing a season two. It's filming right now. And uh, so it's a very well done show. Uh, about Jesus and and the the first uh, season is kind of starting up into his ministry like the first miracles the gathering of his apostles those kinds of things so if that's your boat and that's something I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in you should definitely check it out my friend Durbin over at Devania he loved it he told me about it and I loved it and so (laughs) spreading the word Oh, I like I like Durbin quite a bit. I, mm-hmm. I had a comment earlier in the year when I reviewed a show called Messiah. Mm-hmm. Someone said, go check out The Chosen. I think it had a very high score on IMDb. So I am very interested now that you bring that back up. And I completely forgot about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's that's kind of my jam. Again, we're we're trying to find some content that's maybe, you know, good acting, all that stuff. Let's 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 hope. But I've heard Good things, Rachel. So I'm glad you brought that back into the consciousness. Yeah, because a lot of times these shows and these movies get kind of lost in the ministry, yes, which has do. value, but the message needs to come that, I mean, the story needs to become before the ministry. Yes, and that, and so that that's kind of what sometimes they get wrong, but I really enjoyed it. And so I think we basically covered most everything. There were a few other shows and there was Emily in Paris, which was just kind of, and it was fine. Um, And then also another show I did not like at all was Sanditon. It was handsomely mounted. This was on PBS, handsomely mounted, but I I did not like the choices at all. And it's so (laughs) frustrating because they have Jane Austen's unfinished novel, right? So they can do whatever they want with the yeah. ending and i was just like that's what you decided to do what wow. okay. and it screamed of a show just trying to be super super modern and edgy and, and mm. i so i did not like samson at all interesting i interesting. do not recommend it 
Um, and so I was extra excited to get Bridgerton because I felt like I even said in my review that uh, I said that my review, I, where is it that I said, um, that I said earlier this year, we had the supposed modern take on Jane Austen's unfinished novel, <laughs> Sanditon, which was a huge misfire. The attempts to combine camp and gritty realism did not work, especially the terrible ending. With Bridgerton, it's like they took notes and corrected everything I disliked in the earlier show. Wow. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Dang, I didn't even know that came out. So yeah, yeah. I will not be watching it no. now. <laughs> Sanditon apologized for being a Regency story. Bridgerton revels in it. Wow. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I will not be watching that show, no. Rachel. That's for sure. Yeah. So we covered a lot of stuff. My favorite show is Hilda season two. Yours is mm. dark. Season yes. three, right? Yes. So a lot of variety, a lot of stuff to watch. I, as I always say on my Hidden Gems podcast, I say, there's no excuse to be bored. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, listen, there's, and some other shows, just to, uh, some quick shout outs to some shows. I think The Queen's Gambit is, oh, yeah. is absolutely worth a watch. Uh, takes place in a fictional version of the city I live in, Lexington, Kentucky. Ozark gets better and better and better. Season one, I was like, ah, season three is phenomenal. Um, the Boys, I thought the new season of The Boys was super fun. The Last Dance, I'm a huge Michael oh, yeah. Jordan guy. That was good. Which I the mentality of that man and then a show that i actually caught up on this year technically on netflix but really amc better call saul if you're a breaking bad fan oh my goodness better call saul is phenomenal bob odenkirk is a revelation in this show and i don't like it as much as breaking bad but on a quality level it is neck and neck so a great show uh after before technically breaking yeah. bad that i think you guys would like that's great. Well, this was really fun to get to talk to you about these streaming services and these streaming shows. And so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's always a, a delight to have you on. And uh, where can people find you and your, uh, your YouTube channel? Absolutely, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Uh, you guys can find me on YouTube, uh, Austin Burke, as well as on Letterboxd, Logging Movies, and uh, at the Burkinator on Twitter and Instagram. I just, I love you know, I love what I do, but I love talking about all these various great things. And my favorite time of the year, most busy time of the year is always December and, and that January space where we get to recap, review, talk about all the best things and uh, sometimes the worst, but the best things from that previous year. And uh, I just, I loved what 2020 brought us in yeah. terms of TV shows. Yeah. It really was kind of the saving grace of 2020. Yeah, it was. It really was. <laughs> So let us know what your favorites were in the comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to talk about it. And uh, maybe if there's things you didn't like you want to talk about, just put it in the comment section. And that would be great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And you can also find us at the Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our, our patron group and merch store, which has tons of fun uh, Hallmark-inspired and romance-inspired merch. So check that out. And thanks again, Austin. And we'll see you all later. Bye, everyone. <laughs>